Get ready to hear the truth about America on a show that's not immune to the facts with your host, Dan Bongino. Ladies and gentlemen, uh, as you know, I record these intros to the shows, the interview shows specifically after. Um, I'm not kidding. It's not hyperbolic or dramatization for silly effect. This is the most powerful interview I've ever done. It's almost an hour long with Lieutenant General Michael Flynn. All the questions you've had, why he became a target of Barack Obama, what he wants to say to Obama, how he feels about the intelligence community going forward, the infamous Mike Flynn lied about sanctions lie, which is nonsense, how he feels about that and what happened. Um, This is really amazing stuff. I don't say that because it was my interview. It's because he was on the interview, a real American patriot. Today's show brought to you by ExpressVPN. Ladies and gentlemen, get yourself a VPN. Protect your online activity from prying eyeballs today. Go to expressvpn.com slash Bongino. Folks, I got a lot to get to. I don't want to waste any time. Uh, The show is always paid for by sponsors who are happy to be here. So let's get to it. We'll get to the interview. There'll only be a few breaks in between. It's relatively uninterrupted. So I appreciate your patience. Today's show brought to you by Stamps.com. This holiday season, more people will be mailing stuff than ever before. That means the post office is guaranteed to be busy. You don't have time for that. Stamps.com brings the post office and now UPS shipping right to your computer. Mail and ship anything from the convenience of your home or office. Plus, Stamps.com saves you money with deep discounts you can't even get at the post office. Stamps.com brings the services of the U.S. Postal Service and UPS to your computer. Whether you're a small office sending out invoices, an online seller fulfilling orders during this record-setting holiday season, or even a giant warehouse sending thousands of packages a day, Stamps.com can handle it with ease. Simply use your computer to print official U.S. postage 24-7. Forget a load of this. Any letter, any package, or any class of mail, anywhere you want to send it. Once your mail's ready, just schedule a pickup or drop it off. It's that simple. With Stamps.com, you get five cents off every first class stamp and up to 40% off priority mail and up to 62% off UPS shipping rates. Not to mention it's a fraction of the cost of those expensive postage meters. Stamps.com is a no-brainer, saving you time and money. Don't spend a minute of your holiday season at the post office this year. Sign up for stamps.com instead. There's no risk. With my promo code, Dan, you get a special offer that includes a four-week trial plus free postage and a digital scale. No long-term commitments or contracts. Just go to stamps.com. Click on that microphone at the top of the homepage and type in Dan. That's stamps.com. Click on the microphone at the top of the homepage, enter Dan. Stamps.com. Never go to the post office again. Now my interview with Lieutenant General and American Patriot, Mike Flynn. Folks, extremely honored, and that may be underselling it, to welcome an American Patriot, a hero, um, an honest-to-goodness American hero on this show today. Excuse me for the hiccups again, the chemo yesterday. I'm very sorry. But American Patriot, and I hope someone I can call a friend someday, Lieutenant General Michael Flynn. General Flynn, welcome to the show. Uh, hey Dan, thanks very much, and uh, and I will just let uh, you know, and that, and I know you know this a lot of your, all your listeners, but certainly the Flynn family, you know, has you in our prayers every single day, and uh, we know you're a strong man, and you have a strong heart, and you're going to fight this thing and get through it. Thank you, sir. I appreciate it. Again, forgive me in advance. I, I one of the things I can't shake from this chemo is the darn hiccups. I know it's distracting, but you've already been more than generous with your time. So let me start out right away. You issued a, um, a, a tremendous statement after the presidential pardon from President Trump uh, that just happened recently. Um, uh, any comments on that? And how do, how do you feel about the pardon? I mean, this was just a tremendous moment for the country. Yeah, well, it is a uh, it has not sunk in yet, Dan, actually. And um, so it's an amazing feeling. I I would say that my family is very thankful. Uh, God is an amazing spirit and light in in our lives. My my wife and I have been together since we were 13 years old. Uh, You know, when I would just say that without without uh, faith in our lives, we we would have nothing. Uh, There's so many uh, people, my family. Uh, uh, and I, that I want to thank around the country, around the world, because people have reached out to us and you, you among them, Dan, because from the beginning, uh, you have been in our corner and I hope in the days, weeks, months ahead that we're able to get out in many cases, thank people personally, but certainly thank them through, um, speaking with, with, uh, professionals like you 
and letting your audience know that your audience came through for my family and I many, many times. We really thank them for their support, kindness, uh, generosity, and frankly, for their inspiration to keep us fighting. Well, I thank you, sir. I mean, it was an honor to fight the fight. I knew from the start, um, as anyone with a sane mind and an IQ in the three digits knew you were railroaded and it was it was really <laughs> disgusting. Your feelings about uh, election 2020. I know you're out there. I mean, you are not uh, anyone's victim. You're out there fighting a good fight right now. Let's hope we can prevail on this. It hasn't been determined yet exactly what the, uh, the uh, result is going to be, given all the lawsuits and the allegations of fraud. How do you feel about the election? And um, assume President Trump does, in fact, succeed and gets a second term. Your feelings about what that second term would look like? Yeah, so um, first of all, I, I believe from everything that I know and the folks that I have spoken with and some real serious subject matter experts and then following all of these, um, all of these hearings that have been had in Pennsylvania, Michigan, um, uh, Arizona, the, the various you know, suits and filings and all this stuff down in Georgia, Nevada, um, that that Donald, first of all, I think that we're that uh, that Donald Trump is going to become he's going to continue to be the president of the United States. I think that he won in the landslide. I think that we have to allow the process to go through its course. I mean, in 2000, between Bush and Gore, uh, it was a uh, one county in Florida. Now we're talking about hundreds and hundreds of counties across the country at least six states, possibly eight states that have various uh, actions, legal actions, procedural actions that are that are working through their course. And I just think that everybody needs to take a deep breath and allow that to occur. I would say that for President Trump, uh, he he clearly has has passed to victory. What I call, uh, you know, what, what I say is clear pass to victory. And they they uh, don't include states like Pennsylvania, as an example, which I think he's going to uh, I think he's going to win Pennsylvania as well once once everything plays itself out. I, I would rather this not go through the have to go through the court system and be solved at the Supreme Court. But but, you know, that's what we have. We have the these these uh, these, you know, the plaintiffs are going in there. Those are really the people on Donald Trump's side. And then the defendants on, I guess, the side of of uh, of, of deceit and dishonesty. Uh, instead of actually looking for what what happened, what happened during this very disastrous federal election, so uh, the my, so my optimism in me, the, the the positive person that I try to be, is that Donald Trump will continue to be the president of the United States. He has clear paths to victory. There are there is sufficient uh, and and in gross violation and fraudulent behavior, inappropriate behavior, both technically uh, for this electronic system and also through this, the mail ballot fraud that, that we know of. I mean, people aren't signing these hundreds and hundreds, probably thousands of affidavits, uh, state attesting that, you know, to what they saw and, and they're, you know, they're not lying about it. So, um, I think the people of this country will eventually win the day and that's the way it should be, Dan. Yeah. Um, I agree. And I think a lot of these people brought this on themselves by creating a system in advance that was susceptible to such easily manip- being easily manipulated and fraudulent. I mean, general, there are sane people on both sides, candidly, who've said, how about this crazy thing like voter ID? Like you have to produce a driver's mm-hmm. license to show you're you when you vote. Um, and then when, you know, Democrats and liberals largely fought against that, this is the result. You get chaos and, 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 and weeks after an election results still up in the air. Well, Dan, let me, you know, if, you don't, if I can, the people in this country, my my assessment is that they do not trust Washington, D.C. They do not trust the political class. And this is just compounds this election, this this disastrous federal election and then other elections below that state and local level it, that just turned out to be disastrous. Number one. For me, as an American and as a as a guy who served overseas in many countries, uh, it, this is an embarrassment as an American citizen. Number two, if the political class in this country doesn't see it, they better because this isn't about Republicans and Democrats and the two party system that we have, you know, between patriots and traitors. Let's say, I mean, what I would just say, this is about how do the people of this country perceive, you know, our country going forward, and. There's just no way that with what we have in the outcome 
unless we do something different. And it may be it may be a dramatic difference. It may be running running elections again in some of these states. It may be just saying that some of these states are just they're not going to be certified. I mean, I, I don't know. I'm not a constitutional expert, but I would tell you that the people of this country, many, I mean, at least the 75 to 80 million, probably even more than that, that voted for Donald Trump. I just don't think that they're going to walk away from this and go, geez, you know, yeah, I'll accept it. I don't think they're going to accept it. And I think that from what you've seen, probably, too, the uh, the, the sur- various surveys that done of, of uh, people in the Republican side of the aisle and people in the Democratic side of the aisle, there's a large, large percentage of Americans who just don't who, who, who believe that there was that this election was a fraudulent election. So we've got to do something about it. And there's in the, there is a process. Let's let the process play out. Let's not try to shove it down our throats through the mainstream media that we have and uh, and the kinds of, you know, really ugly things that I think that they're doing. They, you know, the entire public private media sector, you know, is just, you know, vehemently against Donald J. Trump. And, and that therefore, all of the, you know, 80, 75 to 80 million voters that came out and voted for him across the country. I mean, you, this country won't accept that. You know, it's really amazing, given everything you've been through, that you're still got your warrior spirit. Uh, I mean, uh, my admiration for you is endless. I, I, I really hope you understand that. And I appreciate your perspective on both the pardon and the election. Um, if I may, I, I'd like to move on to um, what I called in, in my book, the railroading of Mike Flynn. It was really one of the mm-hmm. most grotesque abuses of the air quotes justice system because there was no justice done here I've ever seen in my life. Um, and where I'd like to start off, if it's OK with you, with your permission, is the continued lie out there, documented, falsify, easily falsifiable um, lie that you lied to the FBI about sanctions. So I'd like to set up the question very simply. Um, Number one, you were interviewed at the White House after you were announced and and after you took the position of national security advisor by the FBI about a perfectly legitimate, legal and appropriate call with the Russian ambassador that had happened after the election, but before you were sworn in. I'm just trying to set this Mm -hmm. up for our audience. Sure, sure. It's been alleged by media talking heads who have double digit IQs and can't read an affidavit and a transcript that during that interview at the White House, when you were questioned by the FBI about that call with Ambassador Kislyak that had happened a month earlier, that you brought up or, or were, were talking to him about sanctions, Obama era sanctions levied on Russia. General, one of the things I've always found interesting, and we'll show some of this on the B-roll during the clip is that there is no mention of sanctions anywhere in the FBI's own 302 documenting their interview. So how could you lie about sanctions that the FBI acknowledged you were never even asked about? Right, right. So, Dan, what I would just say uh, in in response to that, because there's so much information that's out there publicly, and of course, people only see what soundbite comes out. And if you're watching... Uh, you know, depending on what what uh, media source you watch, you know, you you think I'm public enemy number one. Um, I, I, here's what I would say: the first of all, during the transition and 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 then into the White House, but cer- certainly during the transition, you know, I'm doing my job. I, I would because I'm appointed. I was one of the. In fact, I think I was number either the first or the second person appointed by the president to serve in his on his team going in the White House. I, I probably talked easily to a hundred countries and leaders in those countries, not necessarily the, 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 you know, the president or the premier or the, uh, or the prime minister or the king or whatever. Although I did talk to uh, some, a couple countries at that level. So first of all, you know, I'm, I'm talking to hundreds of countries or certainly, you know, dozens and dozens of countries. So one one of which, of course, is one of the one of the uh, you know the largest countries on the planet is one of the countries that that we have to deal with is Russia. So all the all the noise behind that really amounted to what is clearly or what was clearly a setup, and it was a setup as we finally realized, we finally learned only recently, really only the last couple of months, where. One particular FBI agent who was part of the 2015-2016 scandal 
he then went into the 2017 scandal, and he was part of the of the Mueller investigation. And he finally came forward. And I don't know why. I still don't know the the, the real reason why he came forward. I, I I suspect a couple of reasons, but he came forward and essentially said he got you know he was sick to his stomach because the whole effort was we got to get Flynn to get to to get Trump, and that was it. And General, are you talking about Agent Barnett from the FBI? Yes, I am. Yes, I am. Yeah. And that that's a public that's a public filing that's, right. that's out there. And I think it was late October time frame or October time frame when his 302, his document that the his statement basically um, came came out public because we were fighting for what you know what everybody has gotten to know is this exculpatory information. So we're fighting for that information. So it, it was a it was a real setup, and and you know and of course I'm the I'm the target. All these other people and and you know I'll have a another day to talk about all these other components of it because it's a very complex thing. But it was a it was a setup, and it had nothing to do with with uh, you know crimes or anything that occurred. It actually had to do with trying to not only damage but get Donald Trump out of office to remove him in some capacity after the uh, after he defeated uh, Hillary Clinton um, in 2016. So and of course, we all know that that started early on. So you're right. I mean, to talk about, you know, the, the sanctions or the or the expulsions, they're they're totally, totally different. And when you're in the middle of of, uh, of transitioning into something as as uh, as complex as the White House and uh, and the um, and the uh, and a national security advisor position, which I, you know, I, I I feel bad for Donald Trump because I was not able to stand by his side throughout. And 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 you know, I a lot of people go, "Well, aren't you upset?" I, if, if there's a guy that could be upset at Donald Trump, it's me. Okay, it's Mike Flynn. I could be upset at him, but I'm not. You know why I'm not? Because it was he's not the one that set this whole thing up. It was set up by the previous administration. Why, Dan? The conversation, the, tra- the transition conversation that Barack Obama had with Donald Trump, why does he talk about two people, two things, two items? He talks about, you know, dear leader Kim Jong-un over in North Korea and, and General Mike Flynn. Why? Why does he do that? Nobody's ever asked Barack Obama that question. Nobody's ever pinned him down. And, uh, and I know the answer to that question. But that's, that ought to shake the boots or shake the feet of, uh, you know, in the boots of every American that that we have that kind of 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 a of a of a process or system or person in a lead in, a, in such a in such a powerful leadership position that is, frankly, probably in fear of of uh, of what I um, what I was, you know, considering doing the kinds of things that I wanted to be able to do, frankly, not because I was trying to hurt somebody was because I was trying to help the country. And when people tell me, Dan, that, oh, we're so sorry for what happened to you, I tell people, don't feel sorry for me. Feel feel sorry for this country because, you know, the country, and I'll speak for myself, the country didn't get the benefit of of decades of service and and, and intimate knowledge that I have of of how how things operate, and also to be able to advise the president of the United States because they, they were damaging him. People weren't coming after uh, Mike Flynn or Donald Trump at the end of the day. They were coming after America, and they were coming after the system that we have that we should be proud to have. And now we're just in phase, whatever you want to call it, phase five with this uh, disastrous election. We'll be right back with Lieutenant General and American Patriot Mike Flynn. Hope you're enjoying this interview with American Patriot Lieutenant General Mike Flynn. Thanks for your patience. Today's show also brought to you by It's Simply Safe. Ladies and gentlemen, there's always a rise in break-ins during the holidays. It's shameful. It happens every year, though. It's why Simply Safe Home Security is having a huge holiday sale. 40% off any Simply Safe system, which I use here. You know my background. I take security very seriously and a free security camera. That's 40% off with a free security camera. U.S. News & World Report called it the best home security of 2020. Whether you're traveling or staying put for the holidays, check out the 40% off plus free security camera before it ends this week. We have it in my home, inside and outside. Simply Safe won CNET's Editor's Choice for Home Security was named the best of 2020 by Forbes and Popular Mechanics. 
The system has an arsenal of sensors and cameras that protect every inch of your home and protect mine. You can set up yourself in about 30 minutes. It's really that easy. Plus, because they don't need them, there's no contract. There's no hidden fees and no installation costs. They don't need that. They're simply safe home security specialists. They'll take over monitoring your home around the clock and get ready to send emergency help the moment there's an alarm. Go today. Get 40% off Simply Safe plus a free security camera today by visiting simplysafe.com slash Dan Bongino. Make sure you get the URL right. Hurry. The deal expires on Friday. That's Simply Safe, S I M P L I, simplysafe.com slash Dan Bongino, simplysafe.com slash Dan Bongino. Today's show also brought to you by our good friends at ExpressVPN. You hear them every day at the intro to my show. They've been very generous to us, and they always like to talk to the audience. Ladies and gentlemen, you know big tech. These companies are tracking you. They mine your data. They take your data. What do they do with your data? Who knows? Do you know? I don't know. On so many issues, these big tech sites have made their position clear. So why are we choosing to give these big tech companies all of our personal data? I don't know. I'm not. <laughs> Now's the time to take a stance. Protect your personal data from big tech with the VPN I trust in my house right here for me and my family for my online protection, Express VPN. When you search for something online, watch a video, click a link. It's all tracked. You know that by big tech? They can match your activity to your identity using your device's unique IP address. When I use Express VPN, these companies can't see my IP address at all. My identity is anonymized by a secure VPN server and my data is encrypted for maximum protection. And besides hiding my internet activity, what I like most about ExpressVPN is how it's super easy to use. I'm not that tech savvy. I've told you this on the show. I figured it out like that. Just download the app on your phone or computer, tap one button, you're protected. So stop handing over your data to big tech companies whose aim is to spy on you and profit off it. They can use that data however they want, whenever they want. Defend your rights and protect your internet activity with the VPN I use every day. Go to expressvpn.com slash Bongino. That's expressvpn.com slash Bongino. Get three extra months free. Go to expressvpn.com slash Bongino right now to learn more. Now back to my interview with Lieutenant General Mike Flynn. We're back with Lieutenant General Mike Flynn uh, addressing the absolute abomination of quote, justice that happened to him. Um, General, if I, if I may, I'd like to tie together. You had mentioned this statement by Agent Barnett from the FBI, who afterwards was interviewed by investigators looking into the targeting of you. And the investigators interviewed this FBI agent and you accurately stated, we can all see it as public documents. We'll put an article uh, up on the screen. You can see it. This FBI agent admitted this is not speculation. It's not a conspiracy theory that you were, it was a target Flynn operation. They just wanted to get you. Now, because your call with the Russian ambassador was a part of doing business, no different than the maybe Biden administration is doing now, they made up this lie that you lied to the FBI. It's a total fabrication. I'll even show uh, some point on the screen here. Jim Comey admitted himself that your interview showed no signs of deception. Matter of fact, you admitted you viewed these guys as as just part of the national security apparatus. You never saw this as some confrontational interview. They never told you to get an attorney. They never notified the White House in a disgusting maneuver. But what's interesting, General, is we now have the transcript of your call that the FBI used to interview you. Interview you. And I can't emphasize that it's enough. Nowhere in that call are the financial sanctions Obama had levied on Russia mentioned. What the ambassador had mentioned to you was the expulsion of the diplomats. And you gave a very clear answer. You said, hey, we just don't want to be boxed in. Nothing controversial. And what's really fascinating, General, again, not about sanctions never came up. You didn't lie about sanctions because nobody asked you about sanctions. There's no evidence of that anywhere. It's not in their 302s. It's nowhere. But what's fascinating is we got a hold of the FBI agent who was in the room with you's handwritten notes. And on the handwritten notes, you know what it says? Box us in. In other words, you told him absolutely what you said to Kislyak. Don't box us in. He wrote it down, General, in his own notes. So again, I, I don't mean to harp on this, but this lie will not stop that you lied to the FBI. You did not lie. You gave them the exact answer. You gave Kislyak and they wrote down the exact same words. Yeah. So a lot of people then say, why did you know what happened? Why did I do what I did? Why did I decide to to you know plead guilty in the in the uh, latter yes. part of 2017? And and the one thing that I have 
said, and I said it in my statement, and I, I think you, you, were able to, you were able to read those. You know, family is paramount. My faith is paramount. My, but my family is, is, is key to me. So I would just say that the pressure, and pressure in a different way, Dan, and for your audience, it's, it's a, a threatening environment in a, in a place where, where you don't want to be. And you've got the, the U.S. government structure apparatus, and you have to make a decision. You have to make a decision. And, and for me at the time, you know, and I'll, I'll, I'll talk a little bit more about this in, 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 in other time, during other times just because of time for this show. But um, it's, it's one of those places where you don't want to be. And Everything that transpired back in January of 2017, you know, the thing that is, should be irritating, and I know it is irritating for Americans who have seen it, when Jim Comey is joking and people in the audience are laughing about how they're going after someone who's you know, sitting in a really critical position for the country, and he's joking about how they're going to do it because I just felt like doing it that day. You know, we just, you know, I, I just felt like we were just going to send a couple of guys over. Ha, ha, ha. I mean... Jim Comey. How did that make you feel? Oh, well, I mean, I'll tell you. <laughs> I mean, Jim, Jim Comey, you know, for, a, for an individual who led the, was the director of the FBI and, and had other key jobs in, our, in, in government, you know, in, in the Department of Justice. I mean, I don't know how that guy can look at himself in the mirror. And, and, and I know where, he, where he's going to go at the end of the day. And I know where, where uh, people like him should go. And I won't say it on your uh, on your show, but but uh, you know, gentlemen. All that said, though, Dan, I I am not a uh, I'm not a vindictive person. I'm not a vengeful person because I I you know I like to believe in people, and uh, and I come from a big family, you know, big Irish family, and and uh, and my father was a retired master sergeant, World War II and Korea vet, and we were taught certain values in our home, and you know, my mother was a great lady. And so I, I always fall back on the, on who I am, who I want to be. And that's why when people go, oh, they, you know, they attack your reputation. But what, what is in my heart, what I know, the people that are my, my family, certainly, and my true friends, those are the people that matter to me. You know, the haters in the world, the media, I could care less. I could care less. People like Comey, though, Comey, how he walks around with his smug look on his face all the time, uh, you know, I don't know how he does, it. <laughs> and, and I don't know how anybody, you know, allows that guy. I just I, I saw something recently where he's going to go teach at ethics at Columbia or something like that. I mean, what? You know, you see, you look at that. You <laughs> That's say, a joke. Man, our education system must be broken to get people like him uh, to be teaching that kind of stuff. Now, if he's if he's teaching it and using him as an example as what not to do, okay, I'm fine with that. But if he's in there trying to yeah. teach ethics about how to how to be. He's probably, you know, I, I, I'll stop there because I, I really don't want to go. You know, it's like my mother said, if you can't say something nice about somebody, don't say anything at all. So I'll stop there on, uh, on the former director of the FBI. You're a gentleman, sir. Um, no, I'm not. I can't stand Jim Comey's a sleazeball, but that's my words, not yours. And I, you don't have to even, you don't even, uh, don't even respond. That's, that's me. Um, but he did indicate in his own sworn testimony that you showed no signs of deception, right. which is really weird, because if you're going to lie, you'd be deceiving. I know liberals have mm -hmm. a tough time with that language barrier thing. Right. Um, one more thing on this, because I can't I don't want to let this go, because it came up again in an Axios article recently claiming that you had lied to the vice president. In case there's any confusion by leftists that you were confused about the difference between the Obama sanctions and the expulsions of the diplomats, and that's why you air quotes lied about something you never asked about. That's not true either, because right afterwards you gave an interview to the Daily Caller where you were very specific about the difference between sanctions and expulsions and you addressed expulsion. So I'll let that go. We don't need to beat a dead horse. We'll even put that up on the screen for liberal journalists who are confused about this American patriot and your nonsense story that he lied. Um, I'd, I'd like to go back to 2015 for a moment because- mm -hmm. You are public enemy number one, General, for a long time. Um, I have some theories on it in my book. Um, I'd, I'd love to get I me mean, to be an honor to hear your, but you had questioned for a long time being a senior, one of the most senior officials in the American intelligence community under Barack Obama, I might add, 
as the head of the DIA. And you had been very critical of some of the intelligence usage uh, and intelligence products being produced on the battlefield, openly critical. And you said, guys, listen, ladies, we've got to fix this. Our warriors are out there and the product we're producing is not up to par. Right. So you were public enemy for a long time for a lot of people. Would you care to expound on that? Well, I would just say that uh, being I, I was forward or in operational units for the majority of my career, I really didn't go to Washington, D.C. ever. I was never assigned in Washington, D.C. until I uh, reached the rank of two-star general. Uh, and I, I, you know, I purposely did that. I would have rather, you know, stayed in Afghanistan or Iraq and, and or elsewhere uh, than go to Washington, D.C., um, and, you know, and looking back on things, it's fighting Al Qaeda is easier than fighting the damn deep state. Um, but uh, <laughs> what I learned and what I saw, and I saw this in my in the early part of my career, and when I when I got into a, a you know a more senior and certainly more uh, influential role, and we were you know we were in direct engaged in direct combat with uh, you know with an enemy that was out to kill us in in, in a variety of ways. Uh, we had to figure out new ways to uh, operate. And this is not just, you know, counterinsurgency or counterterrorism. This is new ways to, to conduct intelligence operations on a very dynamic battlefield. And so my, my thing was, if you, you know, you throw, the, you throw your requirements over the transom back up to Washington, D.C., and, you know, they mash them around for days, and we, we're operating in, minute, you know, in seconds and minutes, and up in, in Washington, D.C., even during wartime, operates in days and weeks and sometimes months. So I wanted to flip the whole thing on its head, and we did. And, and uh, by flipping it on its head, we caused more of a laser focus out of the bigger intelligence community hierarchy on supporting the warriors on the battlefield. And I couldn't live with myself, but we weren't doing everything we could because, you know, when you go to Memorial, when you go to to ramp ceremonies in combat where you're putting caskets on the back of an airplane, you go to, you know, you have a, a, a memorial service uh, outside your, your operation center in the, on, a, on the battlefield because you just lost three or four guys in an IED event or, or those kinds of events where you, you get reports on the radio of guys in a firefight. We lost two. We lost three. We got a couple of wounded. We need to get medevac in. I mean, all those kinds of things, you know, my responsibility was to drive the intelligence system to make sure that we had what I call bulletproof intelligence as quickly as we could put together and given to the guy or gal that had to go and conduct some uh, operation that was going to put their life at risk. And I didn't, I wasn't, you know, I wasn't going to stop to, to uh, argue with somebody about the bureaucracy and, well, you know, it can't, we, you know, this, this is going to take some time. We got to wait for the boss to come in on Monday. Ah, You know, give me a break. So, that rubbed people, you know, obviously <laughs> the wrong way. But what it taught me, Dan, was it taught me about uh, the problems and the organizational processes and the dynamics and the bureaucracy. So as I became more senior, I really saw what needed to be done uh, from the, the, you know, from a larger perspective. And and uh, when you start to take on, as Donald Trump has taken on, you know, elements of the deep state. Um, I, I was, you know, my, my thing has always been about taking and looking at organizations and, and making them more effective and, and pushing what they do away from Washington, D.C., because there's plenty of, plenty of people in Washington, D.C. that can do, you know, a lot of other things, but to push as many of those people back out to the field, so to speak, and get the, get the, the orientation away from everybody kissing somebody's behind in Washington to actually supporting or, you know, in the mil- from a military sense, our warfighters out front, and uh, and I can tell you, you know, <laughs> the the, the uh, we were able to do that. So so because I asked, I I asked myself sometimes, how did I ever get the, how did I ever get appointed by Barack Obama twice? One as the assistant director of national intelligence. That's right. Uh, for uh, partner engagement, and I spent a year, and then as the senior most military intelligence officer in the Department of Defense, heading up one of the largest intelligence agencies in the world, not just in the United States. So, um, and I kept my attitude the same way that I had it when I was a lieutenant or a major or a colonel or a brigadier on the battlefield. 
that attitude I wanted everybody to, to be focused because my responsibility was to, you know, the, the, the big consumer, which, of course, is the president. But at the same time, we also have capabilities and forces that are supporting our warriors. And I wanted to make sure that everybody understood we have a priority out there for every American that's, that's you know, downrange, so to speak. And it's just like in your world of law enforcement where, where you know, you're going to put somebody down the, down the street and you're going to go up against a, some criminal that you know is armed. You want to have as much intelligence as possible. You want to know everything about the neighborhood. You want to know everything about the, the individual, what kind of weapon systems he got. That's tactical information. For me, I was looking at a, now as a senior guy, I'm looking at the strategic components of that. And I know, I know, and I, I'm sitting here today talking to you, Dan, about it. The strategic components of our, of our U.S. intelligence community need to be uh, reformed in such, a, in such a big way. And frankly, I, I would say that I think during Donald Trump's second administration, that is clearly something that, uh, that he should uh, focus on. And he can focus on that through a variety of means. And that, that's a conversation for another day. We'll be right back with Lieutenant General Mike Flynn. Again, thanks for your patience. I really hope you're enjoying the interview. Today's show also brought to you by our friends at GenuCell. It's a Christmas and holiday season sale from Chamonix. And this Christmas season, you'll get Chamonix's brand new <clears throat> Zotique Deep Correcting Serum absolutely free with your order. The new Zotique Deep Correcting Serum from Chamonix means skin that's smooth as silk, free from redness, acne and acne scars, and faster collagen production. Zotique's increased firmness, increases firmness, smoothness, and diminishes adult acne. It's a big favorite of Paula, the lovely Paula. Redness and stress breakouts. You can even say goodbye to crow's feet and laugh lines. And with its immediate effects, see results in 12 hours or less. Everyone will see the difference guaranteed or 100% of your money back. It's that simple. That's the Chamonix promise. Visit GenuCell.com. That's G-E-N-U-C-E-L.com. GenuCell.com and enter promo code DAN40, that's D-A-N-4-0, at checkout for even more holiday savings. Treat yourself this holiday. Get Chamonix's brand new Zotique Deep Correcting Serum, Crystals, at-home microdermabrasion treatment, exfoliating mask, and a surprise luxury gift all free with your order today. That's four free gifts plus free upgrade to priority shipping. GenuCell.com, G-E-N-U-C-E-L.com, that's GenuCell.com. Today's show also sponsored by our friends at BCM, Bravo Company Manufacturing. Ladies and gentlemen, they make the finest firearms on the market, hands down. Uh, I, I, you're never supposed to tell people what a company isn't, but in this case, it matters. This is not a sporting arms company. If you're looking for a sporting firearm, a hunting rifle, that's fine. There are great companies out there that do that. That is not what Bravo Company Manufacturing makes. They make the finest they design the finest, engineer the finest, and manufacture the finest life-saving equipment on the market. BCM assumes when a rifle leaves their shop, it will be used in a life-or-death situation by a responsible citizen, law enforcement officer, or soldier overseas. So quality is all that matters to them, ever. BCM rifles are hand-assembled and tested by Americans in Heartland, Wisconsin, to a life-saving standard. They put their people before their products because they feel that's more morally their responsibility. Produce a firearm that works. God forbid in an emergency, it's not a paper target. Ladies and gentlemen, do not buy a firearm without heading over first to bravocompanymfg.com. I have two of these in my safe. They are my go-to. You can discover more about their products, special offers, and upcoming news. That's Bravo Company MFG, like Mary Frank George. bravocompanymfg.com. You can also check them out on YouTube at youtube.com slash Bravo Company USA. Our show today, ladies and gentlemen, back to it. We're back with Lieutenant General Mike Flynn, American patriot, and um, really uh, a, a man I, again, I admire greatly. I can't say that enough. So uh, General Flynn, just kind of um, doubling down on that, you did what any sane military leader would do, try to protect your men on the battlefield and give them the most advantageous intelligence uh, so that they can leverage that and use it to win. Um, unfortunately, you then became a target. And I noticed that right around the time, interestingly enough, I'll leave his name out of it, but a very, another decorated general who's no friend of President Trump's, by the way, called you one of the finest intelligence officers he'd ever seen in his life. Your reputation was sterling, untarnished at any point. And right around 2015, we find this bizarre meeting of this, 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 this inflection point where everything changes. And all of a sudden, you become this 
perceived enemy to the United States is bizarre hit job stars. You go to a, an intelligence seminar upon invite, nothing unusual in Cambridge in 2015. And at that dinner, nothing happens. Nobody alleged anything unusual happens. It was a standard intelligence seminar. You were in intelligence. But a woman by the name of Svetlana Lakova is there. Um, she's seated with you at the table. You go to the intelligence seminar, you, you you did the grip and grin, shook hands, talked to everyone. You leave, no allegations of impropriety whatsoever. You were told everybody, you had done all the appropriate briefings. Nobody with you alleged anything. But years later, this pernicious rumor starts out of nowhere, nothing to back it up at all, that there was some impropriety between you and the woman after this 2015 meeting. Mm-hmm. Were you reading that for the first time? Like, what the hell? Pardon my French. Are you guys even talking about it? Like, this is totally out of the blue. Exactly. Exactly. And so what this was all about was because during this time when this sort of started to bubble up, I'm right there standing by, I'm standing by the side of Donald Trump, who is just, you know, He's he's screaming through the primaries. He's he's now you know the the, the candidate for the Republican Party. Uh, you know the, you go through the convention. We're out there at campaign rallies, and and it's looking and feeling really good. And so all of a sudden, it's like okay, let you know whatever these guys do. However, you know, and and this is how they do business. It's tarnish, it's tear apart the reputation. It's go after the person instead of going after the. What might be a problem? You know, if they're if these guys really were the FBI and the CIA, for that matter, were, you know, there's a few people in there that are OK. But but uh, if they were really good at counterintelligence, we, you know, they're not going to be looking at me. They should be. There's a there's much, much bigger problems that we have in the world of counterintelligence. So so what it was, was it was all political. It was all about finding ways that we could tarnish this guy. I mean, like like the president told me the other day when uh, when he spoke to me about the pardon, which I really appreciate. He says, you know, you're probably he goes, you're probably the cleanest guy in the world, you know. And he's right. He's <laughs> right. right because they they Dan dug into my entire life, and at the time I didn't know that they were doing that. They're they're listening to all my calls. They're doing all these things, right? They're doing all these things, and. You're saying to yourself after, you know, when I when I begin to really realize and, I, and again, I, I don't want to get too, too deep into it, but you begin to realize, wow, these guys, these guys are really talk about some snakes. Uh, but when I look at the when I step back and I look at it all, you know, let's just use uh, Peter Strzok having an affair with the, the not just not just right. a, a woman, but having an affair with. With Lisa Page, who was the who was the number really the number two lawyer at the at the at the FBI, working directly for the deputy director of the FBI. So she is in the FBI, and and you have this going on. This guy and they're doing texting and all this communications in a in a very public you know public way, meaning meaning you know it's it's interceptable by by our our uh, adversaries out there. And they're having an affair. And this guy's running counterintelligence operations. Dan, with your background, you know how bad that is. Nobody ever talks about yeah. that. I mean, you're, you're talking about, I mean, you know, talk about compromise. So Mike Flynn, you know, Mike Flynn is, is uh, I'm, not, I'm not, you know, clean as, as snow because I'm an imperfect guy. But I, I would tell you that uh, I feel, you know, sorry that uh, that, that gal, um, Slakova was was dragged into this, and they don't care. They don't care how how they treated her. The, the system didn't care how they treated her. They, they didn't care that they they really hurt her badly. And I'm I'm you know I'm, uh, I you know apologize for our government's apparatus for doing that to her. But I would just say that uh, people need to look at the kinds of things that these that these people were doing in the Obama administration, and how how egregious insidious this is and they thought that they were going to get away with it i'll tell you why they weren't going to get away with it because they were they're pro- they, they got caught so they got caught up in this whole thing and thank god for what we were able to do with uh with miss powell who's a, just a champion a warrior to be able to, to extract out of the government you know the kinds of things that help me get to the position i'm in now but also the compromise that these people put our country in because it's not just peter strock and lisa page 
It's all these people and all these text messages and all this information that's going back and forth on, on unclassified systems. That Dan, I'm telling you, it, you know, China. We thought we worry about China. We worry about Russia. We worry about all these other countries. Yeah, did, you know, if you were to ask me, did they know? Are they getting all that information? You're damn right they are. All that information is readily yeah. available to these countries who are very sophisticated collectors of information and intelligence, and they knew what was going on better than what our government professed to, because they didn't want the embarrassment. And, you know, so that's that's really what it what. Uh, again, you're, you're going to get me on a soapbox here, and I don't want to be on a soapbox right now. No, no, it's, it's this is critical because my audience has been following your case for four years, and that's why we're so honored to have you. We want to hear it. You know, from you, uh, we've invested a lot of time in your case and a lot of, you know, I've been called a conspiracy theorist and a nut for defending you. And he lied. He admitted he lied. No, he didn't. I bet it was a federal investment. People plead guilty for all kinds of stupid reasons. Because it's your show. But I would tell you that there's been people that have been right about this from the beginning. And you're one of them. And and there's others. There's others. And uh, and, you know, you know, yeah, a lot of others. Mark Levin. Exactly. Sean Hannity. You know, one Rush Limbaugh has been another. You guys have been right from the beginning. And there's others out there. There's a few others. But there's also a bunch of people that were like, well, I don't know. You know, I don't know about what Flynn, you know, Flynn, this, Flynn, that. You know what? I've always said I never met the guy. I never, you know, when when somebody goes, well, Flynn does this or Flynn's that. I'm like, who the hell is that? Who's that guy? I never met him. I mean, call me up and ask me. You know, I'll tell you. You know, or and general, or, just to be clear, before right. yesterday, you and I have never spoken on exactly. the, ever, ever. You sent me, I think, a tweet one time. Thank you or something. That's it. I do not know you. I met you yeah. yesterday. Uh, but as a former investigator, I knew what happened to you was BS. Mm-hmm. Pardon my language. Yeah. But if I, I want to yeah. just follow up on something you said there because it's really interesting. You had mentioned how, obviously, being an intelligence professional at the highest levels. You're mm-hmm. familiar with how the process works, probably better than most on the planet, exactly. and definitely better than the dopey journalists who write about you. But Sidney Powell, in one of her legal filings, has a fascinating note. She says in one of the filings that when the transition was happening, that both you and Susan Rice, both, she being the outgoing NSA, National mm-hmm. Security Advisor, and you being the incoming, that you had been notified by the United Kingdom that, hey, this steel guy is not really our guy. It's in Powell's notes. I'll show it on the screen here. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So that's pretty interesting, considering the fact that you're also in on a briefing with Jim Comey and Donald Trump after you'd been notified that, hey, this steel guy, they're calling BS on him. Like, hey, this guy, the PP tape guy is not our guy. But you're in on a briefing a few days or, or maybe a week after that with Jim Comey, where Comey starts to bring up some of this in this briefing about, hey, there's this stuff out there, salacious. And it says in the Horowitz report that a national security official, I'm confident it's you, starts to question this reasonably. Mm -hmm. Like, hey, guys, this doesn't sound right. Like, this kind of sounds like disinfo or misinfo or just plain garbage. Mm -hmm. And you know what's really weird? After you call out Comey and say, hey, fellas, this doesn't sound right, all of a sudden, General, you become a target again, despite the fact that on January 5th, they admit they have no case against you. Kind of weird, no? <laughs> yeah. Um, on, on, uh, or in, in intelligence operations, the, one, of the, one of the things you learn as a young officer or certainly you know, an intelligence operator on the battlefield is the first report is always wrong. So, so when everybody comes in and goes, the house, you know, the house is on fire. You kind of go, wait a second, you know, is it? I mean, did you see it? Well, I didn't see it. Okay, you know, when you when you read something, somebody gives you a report on something. I've had thousands and thousands and thousands of things presented to me over my over my military career for sure. Um, when you when you read something, and I read things, and I'm like, okay, all right, this, you know, something doesn't sound right here. This is just you know, whatever. So you, you get these pieces of information with all of your other experiences and your judgment and your, and your knowledge about what's happening around the world. And it's like, "Mm, I'm not sure that's believable, you know? So, so what I would just say is that what we have learned, uh, that our government, our government, you know, to your audience, Dan, our government elements within our government, 
did something so egregious to the to this administration, to the Donald to, to President Donald J. Trump, and not to him, just just to him, but to the presidency of the United States, to the American public and all the Americans that that said, I want him to be our president. So it wasn't just against one man. It was and 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 I consider myself one of those people one of those men that were involved in this, that were caught up in it. It wasn't just against a person. It was against all of us. And when somebody comes at one of us like that, in this case, the president of the United States of America, they come against all of us. And when it comes from inside, that's when we got a problem, Dan. Okay. And for, for your listeners and for anybody else that listens to this, this uh, message, that's something that the United States of America will never stand for as a, as a nation of, you know, free citizens. We cannot have an internal uh, uh, enemy that uh, is, is so willingly a- able and uh, an intent on uh, usurping the du- dutiful authority that's given in us by, you know, the Constitution of the United States. And that's what happened. And that's a pretty bold thing to do. It's a pretty bold statement to make, but that's what happened. I mean, there's no doubt about it. That's what happened. General, did you know from the start that this Steele dossier was an internal hit job? Did you know reading what you, what you had seen? So, you know, not all of it was public, but did you know from the start, given your experience, that this was a dangerous new perversion in American politics, an internal intelligence hit job on an incoming president and a candidate for office? I, I'm not, I, you know, Dan, I don't want to sit and, and, uh, and, and say that here. I just think that, uh, like I just, you know, stated, it, it just didn't feel right because having gotten to know, uh, Donald yeah. Trump on the, on the sort of the campaign path and, and then knowing how we operate, I mean, it, you know, you would have thought that something like that would have come out earlier and they would have said something, but so the whole, the whole thing, and I think, you know, when you talk about, like, your gut, your intuition, your instincts, the hair in the back of your neck goes up. Yeah, I mean, I would say that I felt all those things. And the only reason I ask, sir, is, you know, obviously, when you start questioning Comey, as per this Horowitz report, saying, hey, is this stuff vetted? Like, what kind of, you know, just basically your antenna goes up. You become a target again for asking questions, which seems like another hit job to me. But secondly... During the transition, President Obama meets with President Trump and only one name comes up in the Oval Office out of Barack Obama's mouth. Mm-hmm. And he warns President Trump about you, a decorated <laughs> American patriot, Lieutenant General. He war- he's te- For some reason, Barack Obama only mentions you. Hey, you got to watch this guy. Nobody has ever said that. A decorated general called you the finest intelligence officer he's ever seen. You had an untarnished, unblemished record and was appointed and you were appointed by Barack Obama. Twice. And in that meeting, he wastes time to warn about you. It makes no sense. Boy, it doesn't make any sense at all, does it? I mean, and he's never been asked that question. No one's ever asked him that question. Why? Why? Why, Barack, did you? Did you? Say that about me, and you know I'd like to ask him that question. I'd like him to answer that question because I don't know what is in a, a man's mind or or is in his heart. People will sit, you know, a lot of people that will answer that question for you, Dan. A lot of your audience will answer it for you and answer that question. But I, I don't know, you know, what was in his mind or in his heart. Why would he? Why would he waste time worrying about me? And you know what? There's there's very good reason because one of the one of the uh, the, the issues that have people, that is public and has come up is this whole business about uh, the various foreign policy initiatives that the previous administration got themselves tangled up in with uh, with frankly enemies of our country and uh, you know that's just going to have to be something that that uh, I mean I I have to live with this and I'm actually okay to live with what I what I did or what I've been involved in, you know, I don't like it necessarily, but I don't, I look at it and I say, you know what, if this was the path that God put me on, then for whatever reason, I'm not, you know, I I tell people, I don't wear my faith in my sleeve, but I, I believe, and there, this was done for a reason because it exposed through me, 
and through my situation and through really the, the, the you know, the grace of God and, and the uh, warrior and fighting spirit of Sidney Powell, um, we were able to expose an extraordinary amount of corruption in our government. And it's taken four years, right? I mean, it's taken this point. And I still, and even, and, you know, even the fact that the president had to pardon me is because of another breakdown in our judiciary. And I just think that, um, you know, we, we, we are a country built on, on, you know, values and principles that are, are derived and in part of our constitution and our bill of rights. If, if we don't protect those, and we don't ensure the people that are in our government adhere to those. And now I'm really talking about accountability, Dan. Okay. Accountability. And people must be held accountable. Now I will tell you that, as you know, and you've talked about this thousands of times, the uh, lack of accountability, except unless you work for Donald Trump is staggering. And so that, therefore that lack of accountability then turns into uh, a lack of trust and trust in institutions that should otherwise be the most trusted in our government, you know, federal law enforcement, the judiciary, the Department of Justice. But that lack of that la- intelligence, I mean, yeah, I mean, so that lack of trust is is palpable. I mean, it's it's thick and it's and it and it hangs like a heavy cloud over the people of our country. And so. Going forward, and I would say that in a, you know, in a second administration of Donald Trump, that has to be fixed. That has to be changed. There has to be a renewed confidence in those institutions. Otherwise, otherwise, you know, we're, we will continue to break down as a, as a society because if there's one thing that I fought for, other than the right to a, a free and fair vote, I also fought for uh, our, our rule of law in this country and the rule of law in this country is what makes, you know, is what makes us different, vastly different than any other country on the planet, because we are a nation built on laws and values. And, and if those two things get, get taken in the middle of the night by corrupt government officials, both appointed and bureaucrats, that's, that's a real weight that this country cannot, uh, is not going to be able to stand to hold much longer. We'll be right back with Lieutenant General Mike Flynn. Thanks again for your patience. Our final sponsor today is my new favorite product, the Power Air Fryer. We absolutely love it. Power XL Air Fryer, it's amazing. Paula's empanadas are absolutely fantastic in the Power Air Fryer, the best in the business. Love them. Be lost without it. So I'm excited about our new part of the Power XL Air Fryer Grill. You can replace eight kitchen appliances with the Power XL. It's an air fryer, a grill rotisserie, convection oven, pizza oven, griddle, deep fryer, and a toaster oven all in one. Get rid of all the other stuff. Now you got one thing. The Power XL cooks with hot air, not oil, and the food comes out delicious. You can cook healthier. You know I'm big into the health stuff. You can cook healthier with up to 70% fewer calories from fat. The food tastes absolutely delicious. I'm telling you, Paula's empanadas in there are priceless. Can we have those tonight? There you go. I'm leaving a picture up for the screen she put up for our Rumble viewers. You can cook for the whole family. It fits over four times more food than a traditional air fryer and cooks faster, much faster to save you time. The secret is the heating elements from above, the side and below the grill plate, combined with turbo blades that are angled to distribute the heat evenly throughout the entire cooking surface. It also comes with a ton of accessories like a nonstick grill plate, easy to wash, crisper tray, baking plan, dip, uh, baking pan, Dip tray and oven rack. They're all dishwasher safe, so cleanup is super easy. It's almost like they sat down, thought out of all the problems with cooking appliances, and decided to start solving them. Great move. That's why it's the number one brand of air fryers in the United States. We love it. We'd be lost in my house without it. The food is delicious and healthy. The Power XL Air Fryer, great gift, by the way, too. It comes with a 90-day money-back guarantee. They'll thank you for it if you buy this for someone. Right now, they have an exclusive offer just for my show. If you go to trypowerxl.com and use promo code Bongino, B-O-N-G-I-N-O, you'll receive 10% off plus free shipping and a free cookbook. So head to try, T-R-Y, power, P-O-W-E-R-X-L.com and use our promo code Bongino. One last time for this incredibly affordable deal and this great product. Trypowerxl.com, use promo code Bongino. Makes a great gift too. Now back to our show. Back with General Michael Flynn. Um, General, thank you for your time. This will be my exit question. You've been extremely generous with your time and you have my sincere gratitude, again, and admiration for everything you've done. Um, and, you know, it's your character really is, speaks loudly in this. You're not, I, I would be interested in revenge and retribution. I, I'm not half the man you are, but 
that you've had been so gracious here is really incredible. And that leads me to my exit question. One of the things that's always bothered me about this is the allegations in you uh, against you, again, as we covered throughout the show, whether it was the sanctions lie, why, or the Lakova impropriety, which is a total farce. You left the event. Her boyfriend picked her up, gave an affidavit as such. It's just all absurdities. They're all just bizarre national inquiry. Not even national inquiry has gotten stories right. This is garbage. But one of the other things that bothers me is and when the FBI opened up cases in August of 2016 against people on the Trump team, Manafort, Page, and Papadopoulos, August 10th, excuse me, 2016, they did not open up a case against you right away. But you know what's fascinating? Somebody got annoyed by that. Who it is? I don't know. I'm not going to speculate with you on the phone being appropriate. Mm-hmm. But somebody got annoyed that the FBI was investigating you. And you know what happened, General? Six days later, the FBI did open up a case against you on August 16th. Yep. But it was only after a mysterious FBI spy showed up and his handler brought him in. Interesting. And that's where the allegation begins that you had this improper relationship with this woman at this 2015 dinner at Cambridge. So the FBI or someone got wind that, hey, we looked into Flynn. I don't really see anything. Spy shows up. It's all in the Horowitz report. Says, hey, I don't know. Flynn had this weird thing going with this Lovkova woman. Totally false, completely debunked. And then six days later, August 16th, they magically open up a case against you. Mm -hmm. Ridiculous. So my question to you on exit, because you seem so committed to reform and a second Trump administration, not revenge, which is so admirable, is can we fix this? This intelligence infrastructure, this law enforcement breakdown where they opened up a case against you based on not even innuendo, total garbage. Can we fix this? Yeah. Well, uh, you know, I always tell people that there's two types of problems. There's there's solvable problems and there's manageable problems uh, in in government. I think it's it's government overall is a is a manageable problem that that really strong leaders in our government. And that means choosing strong leaders. I mean, choosing strong people like like a President Donald J. Trump who's a strong leader type and, uh, and others in, in our government put strong leaders in there who have the guts to take on and manage, you know, a, a, a large problem, large bureaucracies, but also seek the types of problems that can be solved. And, you know, those are, those are, you know, two big statements, but, you know, back to, back to what you talked about in, in the fall of 2016, early fall of 2016 or late summer, you know what? What we're what we're what you're getting at it again is is behavior by government officials uh, cannot be you know like like we've seen like like has been uh, you know factually based. That kind of behavior cannot be tolerated. Should not be tolerated. And I'll and I'll go back to accountability. In order to solve problems, you have to hold people accountable for their actions. And as a military guy, I mean, I, I've always been, I've, you know, and I think most people that have worked around me would tell you that, you know, Chief General Flynn has been a very fair guy when it comes to, you know, having to deal with people. I, you know, I always hated to use UCM, the Uniform Code of Military Justice, and, and I'd like to deal with, especially young, young guys, through their parents sometimes. You know, it's worse to call up a mom and tell her mom that her son's screwing up than, than, uh, than yeah. bust a guy down, to rank, down a couple of ranks, you know. You get more out of them. Mm-hmm. But we have to have leaders at the top of our government that have the guts to hold people accountable and hold them accountable. I mean, I, I, you know, uh, uh, a discussion for another day and maybe over a beer is, you know, the kind of the people in our government that I would love to hold accountable right now. But we have to have that. If we do not hold people accountable for uh, egregious behavior, uh, and, uh, you know, immoral, unethical, and in some cases, illegal behavior, uh, then then it's a breakdown in our system. When you begin to hold people accountable, and for the right reasons, you begin to hold people accountable, it begins to correct the system because people then see that, you know what, that I know that that behavior is wrong, but nobody cares about it. Nobody's holding anybody accountable for it. So it just becomes the normal part of the behavior in an organization. And so. 
we, we, we can solve some of these problems. We absolutely can solve some of these problems. But it, it is going to take the type of leadership. So if, if Donald Trump thinks everybody hates him, well, you know, I'll tell you what. I'd rather be right and disliked than, you know, than corrupt and, and, uh, and, uh, and, 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 and have that feeling about me that I'm, I'm just trying to get away with something. I couldn't. I mean, there are people that can live with themselves like that. There are people that can live with themselves like that. And all these, all these people that that uh, that you know that are just attacking our president on a daily basis. My God, imagine had had the uh, the, the losers in 2016 said, you know what? Let's just l- allow this guy. You know, let's debate him on things and let's disagree on certain things. But let's uh, let's see let's see what he can do, right? He said all these things. Donald Trump made a lot of promises. Let's see what he can do. Well, guess what? I mean, despite being, you know, having bricks thrown at him every day, you know, figuratively by all sorts of angles, he still accomplished an extraordinary amount of of things for our country. And I do believe that it's amazing. It's amazing. And with everything. And then you throw on top of it this COVID stuff. And and, you know, and here we are. So. There's solvable problems and there's manageable problems. I think Donald Donald Trump get you know he gets an A for for solving many and managing many, despite despite the constant barrage of attacks that that he has experienced. And it's and again the last point, Dan, it, for you and your audience, it's not just him that they're going after, and they forget this. It's the American people, and when the American people feel like they're under attack. They then begin to look at things differently and they wake up and they start to say, I'm going to get more involved. I will tell you to, to, to finish with this disastrous election process that we're going through right now. The American people are awake and they are they are not going to stand for this this basically massive amount of fraud, you know, despite what the mainstream media says, uh, you know, these these great patriots who are coming out and testifying in all these hearings around the country. I mean, I, God love them. And I, and I know that there's more of them than are just represented by those that are standing up in front of a mic somewhere. So anyway, Dan, I, I really want to just say to you again, as we started, you know, my family and I, we, we, uh, we, we pray for you and, uh, and Thank we you, wish you all the best. And, and we know that you're a strong guy and, uh, and, and you, you'll do fine. And, and thank you so much for your, your, really unshakable support uh, from the beginning. As I said a little while ago, you've been right about this the whole time. Sir, it was my great honor. Um, I deeply appreciate your kind words. And uh, I I can't say enough. There is a takeaway from the whole show. I'd say you just said it. The American people are awake. And I will say one last thing, which I said to you yesterday on our first phone call, but I'll say to you now because I mean it. We'll wrap up the show on this that even the most jaded eyes of history are going to view you as one of the great American patriots of this time and the people who came after you as the traitors to our republic and the ideas it stands for. I will take that to the grave. General Flynn, thank you for your time. I deeply appreciate it. You, you're, I really, my admiration for you is endless. Uh, and I, I hope we can all get through this, come out on the other side, look back. And like you said, we'll have that beer one day, all right? Absolutely. God bless you, Dan. God bless America. Thank you, sir. Thank you, folks, for tuning in. We deeply appreciate it. That was Lieutenant General Mike Flynn. Never disappoints. See you soon. You just heard Dan Bongino.